Hello and welcome to Locked On St. Louis Cardinals, your, at this point, semi-daily podcast covering all things Cardinals baseball, typically coming to you live from Bush Stadium, today coming to you from my living room. My name is Jeff Jones. I'll be hosting this episode alone today. Uh, first and foremost, apologies on the delay between episodes here over the last week or so with the holiday weekend piled on top of a, uh, a long Cardinals road trip and some difficult scheduling for Brendan and I. It's been kind of a challenge to get together. Uh, coming up here now after the holiday, once things start to sort of even out and the uh, the schedule takes on a more natural rhythm, we'll be sure to have more regular updates out for you. So again, apologies for the uh, apologies for the delay, but certainly a lot has happened since the last time we talked. So we we'll, uh, wanted to make sure that we go ahead and get through that before we uh, dive too far into what already happened. Of course, the big excitement for the Cardinals this week is the upcoming game tomorrow in Milwaukee. Not to breeze past this evening, start which we'll talk about here shortly. But Alex Reyes makes his season debut for the Cardinals tomorrow afternoon. Uh, uh, it's an afternoon start in Milwaukee. It is also one of the uh, one of the greatly appreciated and much beloved Facebook only broadcasts of the season. So if you want to watch Alex Reyes pitch for the St. Louis Cardinals, you have two options. Either you can uh, watch the game. On Facebook, I, I I can recommend some places to grab a long HDMI cord if you need to plug your laptop into the TV, or you can do what I'm doing and head yourself up to Milwaukee to uh, to watch that game in person. I'll, I'm, I'm I'm headed up to Chicago this afternoon and then to Milwaukee tomorrow morning, so I will be there in person for you uh, covering that game tomorrow morning at Miller Park. That being said, uh, obviously, look, Alex Reyes' rehab went just about as well as anyone could have hoped for. Did not allow a run across four rehab starts. Struck out double digits in nearly all of those rehab starts. Uh, And his last rehab appearance for Memphis over the weekend was utterly dominating at one point, striking out all nine hitters in order through the lineup. Also, and and, and that being the only time that it happened uh, that anyone could remember in in, in the history of AAA baseball. Uh, In addition to that, he had an inning where he struck out three batters all swinging on nine pitches. Uh, pretty remarkable, the stuff that Alex Reyes has been able to do over his rehab. And, you know, there was a, there was an article I read from Scott Miller at Bleacher Report last week, and there have been a couple other of these that sort of chronicle uh, the rehab of Alex Reyes and his, his attempts to come back from Tommy John surgery. And you've heard, I think, Mike Matheny over the last couple of weeks talk about the ways in which he expects that perhaps Reyes could even be a better pitcher in the comeback than he was uh, when, when he was injured. The thing to me is most noticeable about Alex Reyes uh, and, and, and the way that he has recovered from Tommy John here over the last year and a half is the way that his body had changed. Uh, When Alex Reyes made his major league debut, I was a little bit surprised by his stature, for lack of better phrasing. He, you know, he was was closer to the CC Sabathia end of the spectrum, perhaps, than the Carlos Martinez end of the spectrum. And, you know, when he had the power behind it and, 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 and he was pitching as well as he was, nobody was in the spot to criticize. But now when you see Alex Reyes in the locker room, it's clear that he has dropped a whole bunch of weight. He's obviously in much better shape. Uh, and Reyes himself has talked about the ways in which that can play into not only his stuff, but his stamina. You know, obviously, uh, when you lose a lot of weight like that, your body is going to have to sort of rebuild itself, and you're going to have to get used to new rhythms. But when you're not lugging around uh, quite as much mass as perhaps Alex Reyes had been lugging around there for most of his career, your, uh, your, your, your cardiovascular conditioning is going to see a pretty substantial benefit. And, and it, it's, it's clear in watching Alex Reyes throw now that 
He's not getting gassed as early that he's more able to go deep into games and that he finds himself in a position where he is going to be much better suited as a, a long-term option for the Cardinals. The stuff as well, again, in that same interview that I talked about earlier, uh, you saw Reyes, or read, I should say, Reyes talking about the ways in which he's no longer having to throw quite so dramatically across his body uh, because there's less body in between his arm and home plate at this point. And so uh, he feels like he has gained a little bit of of oomph on some of his pitches and then feels like he is uh he, he is now in a position where he is much well much much better suited i should say to uh to to, to contribute to this cardinals team and so uh with all of that in mind it's it's really exciting to see what alex reyes is going to be able to do in milwaukee on wednesday that's a game where i think that the, the expectations are probably pretty high, uh, and I don't know what Alex Reyes would have to do to meet them. But I, I also don't think that there is much concern, either inside the organization or outside the organization, that the, 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 the standards are too high. I think that there is an expectation that Alex Reyes is going to be able to handle uh, whatever is thrown on him. And, and he's going to be able to be a sort of stalwart part of this rotation uh, and, you know, when he comes back, when he throws tomorrow in Milwaukee, until Carlos Martinez returns from the disabled list, I'm not sure that Alex Reyes isn't the St. Louis Cardinals' best starting pitcher. And when you look at what they have gotten this season out of Miles Michaelis, when they've gotten out of Michael Waka, uh, to say that out of, to say that about Alex Reyes is a pretty huge compliment. But at the same time, I don't think it's an overstatement. I think it's it's, it's a fair assessment of where his stuff is at right now, where his skill level is at right now, and the kind of dominating pitcher that he can be. Uh, you know, Cardinals fans, I think for a while. It fell into a spot where, having not seen Reyes pitch for over a year, he was a little bit out of sight, out of mind, and uh, to, to, to that extent, was just sort of out of out of the consideration for a lot of people in terms of what he can contribute to this team. I think now, as the return gets closer and the media coverage ramps up, uh, Cardinals fans are starting to get really excited about what Alex Reyes can provide, and I think there's no doubt that he is going to be able to provide that and add a lot to this rotation moving forward. The challenge that waits for the Cardinals then, uh, once Alex Reyes returns to the rotation, is, you know, figuring out what to do with the guys that are there already. When you talk about the the, the successes this Cardinals team has had so far this year, and we'll get into sort of the, uh, the lack of successes here in a little bit, when you talk about the actual successes they have had, the rotation is absolutely high on that list. And when you go down the guys currently in that rotation, it becomes difficult to find an obvious way uh, to work everyone in. Now, we can expect that John Gant is likely to be optioned off the roster tomorrow once Alex Reyes is activated from the DL uh, and placed into the rotation. The Cardinals have said that they expect Gant to, uh, to, to to stay stretched out as a starter, to stay available at Memphis, uh, to be able to fill in at a moment's notice if necessary for, uh, for, for a starting pitcher should there be an injury. That, however, does not answer the question of what becomes of Carlos Martinez once he returns to the rotation. Now, uh, that is a big that, that that that's a big question mark that before we get too far ahead of ourselves in talking about 
who the Cardinals are going to have to uh, replace Carlos Martinez with. We need to consider what that time frame looks like. Originally, when Martinez went on the DL with a lat strain, uh, it was identified as a not big deal injury. The Cardinals said publicly they expected him to miss probably one start, maybe two. Uh, we're now at a spot where all of a sudden, when you look at the starting rotation, uh, John Gant has made in, in place of Carlos Martinez here over the last few weeks, John Gant has made uh, three starts, and when you combine that with you know the additional time that Martinez is clearly going to miss with Alex Reyes getting his start tomorrow, which would be the fourth start missed for Martinez, all of a sudden the time is starting to add up. I, I, I tweeted at the time when the Cardinals announced the injury, there was an article published on MLB.com by Lindsey Barra last year uh, covering lap strains, and, and her finding in that article was that the average time missed from a lap strain is 99 days for pitchers. That is obviously a far, far cry from what the Cardinals announced publicly with Carlos Martinez, and so uh, it, it, to me, raised the question of either this was perhaps not the same kind of injury or the Cardinals were maybe obfuscating the label just slightly uh, in, in order to in order, in order to at least explain away some of what was going on with Martinez, or uh, perhaps more perhaps more likely they were underplaying the severity of the injury. To date, I think we can say for sure that that has been the case. Now, I don't that that isn't to say that. The Cardinals have underplayed the injury in such a dramatic fashion that we should expect uh, such a long-term time being out for Carlos Martinez. I don't think I don't think that there's anything to suggest that Martinez is likely to miss the kind of extended period uh, that a 99-day injury would suggest. However, I also don't know that there's anything to suggest that his return to the rotation is imminent. We'll likely find out on Thursday what the time frame looks like for Carlos Martinez. Uh, generally speaking, on the first day of a homestand, Cardinals president John Mosellock makes himself available to reporters, and that is, for the most part, a discussion about what injuries look like and, and what time frames for guys may be. So uh, my guess is that we'll get some form of of update on Carlos Martinez uh, on Thursday afternoon. So if we assume for a second that Martinez is is coming close to recovery uh, and finding himself in a position where he will somewhat soon be available to the Cardinals. If we make that assumption, and we also make the assumption that none of the other pitchers currently in the rotation are hurt or become ineffective. So you're talking about Reyes, Michaelis, Waka, Weaver, and Jack Flaherty. Then there becomes a question of what the Cardinals do when Carlos Martinez returns to the rotation. I think immediately uh, you could take Michaelis and Waka out of the conversation for being removed from the rotation. Michaelis having been so effective, 6-0 with an ERA under 2.5 so far this season. I think that at this point, uh, Miles Michaelis, perhaps the most likely Cardinal to make the All-Star team, him or Bud Norris, which is astounding when you think about where the Cardinals were uh, in February. But My Michaelis... Is not leaving the rotation. And Michael Waka has very quietly uh, become the kind of pitcher that the Cardinals, I think, sort of hoped he could be, and that perhaps was delayed by the, the, the struggles that came along with the stress fracture in his shoulder. When you look at Michael Waka's numbers so far this season, and he starts tonight in Milwaukee, but 5 and 1 with a 2.88 ERA, um, has put a 56 in the third innings across 10 starts, has been sort of the model of consistency uh, for this Cardinals team. Now, you know, the Walker. Rate, maybe it's a little higher than you'd like it to be, but all in all, I think that 
you have seen Michael Waka be precisely the kind of pitcher uh, that the Cardinals needed him to be, and that frankly functions as a direct replacement for Adam Wainwright. What Michael Waka has provided so far this season is sort of what the Cardinals probably thought they could have gotten in a best, an absolute best case scenario out of Wainwright. And so those two spots certainly are safe. Reyes, we talked about, is not going anywhere, so that's that's a third spot that's secure. And so now you're talking about Jack Flaherty and Luke Weaver, and and you know. Since Jack Flaherty was recalled to slot into the spot in the rotation where Adam Wainwright previously was, he has been extraordinarily good. Uh, Flaherty this season has made five starts for the Cardinals, has a 2.15 ERA, and has struck out 31 batters in 29 and a third innings. I think that Jack Flaherty has pitched so well this year, and, and frankly has pitched so well at AAA, that... I don't know that the Cardinals really gain much of anything from putting themselves in a situation where Jack Flaherty all of a sudden uh, goes back to the minors or goes to the bullpen. And so by process of elimination, uh, that means that the last remaining spot in the rotation belongs to Luke Weaver and in theory would soon belong to Carlos Martinez. If you're Luke Weaver, uh, that certainly has to be a little bit of, of the, a little bit of a bummer, I guess. Yesterday, he lasted four innings in Milwaukee, gave up four earned. Uh, has had a couple of starts here recently where I wouldn't say struggled is is the right way to describe the way that, uh, that, that Luke Weaver has pitched, but I also wouldn't say that he has been an unmitigated success either. When you look at Weaver's numbers here uh, so far on the season, three and five with a 4.63 ERA sprinkled over 11 starts. Luke Weaver, by the way, started the most games of any pitcher for the Cardinals so far this season. Uh, You know, Weaver has been fine, but the thing is, when the rest of the rotation has been so sterling, fine is going to stick out. Now, again, you know, the 4.63 ERA, perfectly passable, but after Luke Weaver's 4.63 and taking out Adam Wainwright's flat 4 ERA, the second highest ERA for a Cardinal starter is Michael Waka with his 2.88. And so when you look at what the Cardinals have available to them, it's easy to see a situation where Luke Weaver either uh, is a guy who slides down to Memphis along with John Gant to be available later, or probably more likely uh, finds himself in a role in the bullpen in that kind of multi-inning spot. And I think for the Cardinals now, that's a spot that is increasingly valuable. I know that you know for Luke Weaver supporters and probably for Luke himself, the idea of being moved to the bullpen is not super compelling. But when you look at the way that the bullpen usage has been changed here over the last few weeks with Matt Bowman out on the DL with blisters. Haven't heard any. Uh, haven't heard any updates on Bowman. With Greg Holland finally reaching the breaking point where the Cardinals uh, found an injury for him and, and and diagnosed him with the right hip impingement and placed Holland on the DL. And with the sort of lack of effectiveness from both Brett Cecil and Tyler Lyons, uh, then you need those arms in the bullpen because part of the problem the Cardinals have is not only a lack of available arms, but also a lack of trust from the manager. I I think that this was pretty well demonstrated uh, earlier this week where the Cardinals found themselves in a situation where Jordan Hicks came into the game with one out in the seventh and had to pitch the remainder of the seventh as well as the eighth before yielding to Bud Norris in the ninth. That's a spot where uh, if the Cardinals had a healthy Matt Bowman or an available Matt Bowman, there's no doubt in my mind that with one out and runners on base in the seventh inning that Matheny would have turned to Bowman in that spot. Now, 
logic would, should dictate that without Bowman available, you would look for a direct replacement for him, uh, whether that's John Brebbia, who has been stung by a couple home runs, and so the ERA is starting to creep a little higher now than perhaps you'd like it, but who generally looks effective when he's in there, or whether it's Sam Tuivalala, who has put up fantastic numbers this season. Those would be the guys that, to me, uh, the Cardinals should be looking to turn to, and unfortunately, that's just that's just not been the decision that the manager has made thus far this season. Now, uh, that raises the question of, is that a personnel problem or is that an issue where the manager needs to be instructed to perhaps behave somewhat differently? Maybe it's that. I don't know that we have seen a lot of evidence uh, in, in Mike Matheny's managerial career that suggests that he's likely to be very flexible with the roles of his guys in the bullpen. I think that at this point it's clear uh, the way this bullpen sets up now when you have Greg Holland kind of in limbo is Norris is the closer and Hicks is the eighth inning guy. And the question becomes, what's the bridge there? And, Often, perhaps too often, over his career with the Cardinals, Matt Bowman has been that bridge. He has been the pitcher that Matheny trusts to get the Cardinals into a position where they, they can get to a clean inning in the eighth or ninth. Bowman is the guy who comes on with runners, comes in with runners on base and is trusted to get ground balls to prevent inherited runners from scoring and, and, and to keep the Cardinals in a game. Brett Cecil has gotten some of those opportunities here over the last week, you know, based on matchups and has not been effective. Uh, you know, has has allowed now five earned across six innings so far this season. Tyler Lyons in 19 appearances has allowed eight earned over 12 innings so far this year. But the guy that stands out again is Tuivalala. Tuivalala now in, in 12 appearances and 12 and a third pitched has allowed only three earned and perhaps most notable is one of only two pitchers in the Cardinals bullpen to not allow a home run this season. Hicks and Sam Tuivalala, the only two who have not allowed a home run this year pitching out of the Cardinals bullpen. And so with that in mind, uh, to me, Tui is a guy who you want to see get a shot. And, you know, it's not just, I think, commentators and media type people who are noticing the success that Sam Tuivalala is having. I, I, there have been, I think it's fair to say, rumblings in the clubhouse from some of the other players wondering why Tui hasn't been given more of a shot. Because when you see the stuff that he's had uh, and you see the success he has had, then it's really easy to imagine a scenario where he becomes a very effective middle reliever for another major league team. Now, in 2016, he only pitched nine innings and gave up six earned. Uh, not great numbers. But last year, Tuivalala, in, in somewhat limited duty, in 37 appearances, only allowed 12 earned uh, in, in 42 and a third, allowed four home runs, but for the most part has been an effective reliever in his big league career. And, and so it does remain interesting why the Cardinals have been so hesitant to use him in these higher leverage spots. Uh, I, I think that it's probably time for that to end and probably time for Bethany to bite the bullet and really trust Tuivalala. Because if you ask me today, is Sam Tuivalala a better pitcher than Matt Bowman? I think the answer has to be yes. And, and, and yet Bowman has been the guy who has been trusted over and over and over again. And now that he's out with this blister condition, uh, there has not been an obvious replacement for him that's been found yet. And that's why you've seen these situations where the Cardinals are trying to piece together middle innings with Brett Cecil. That's why you saw yesterday in a game the Cardinals were at first only trailing by one run. Mike Myers get thrown into the game in a spot where he was asked to pitch. I think the Cardinals would have at, would have liked to get maybe three out of Mike Myers yesterday. Was only able to get through two because he got banged around a little bit. Uh, but again, a guy who has been 
aside from yesterday's game, generally effective. And so the Cardinals do have these options. And so maybe, going back to the original point here, maybe if you were to return Luke Weaver to the, or I should say, move Luke Weaver to the bullpen rather than return him, uh, you would have a pitcher who the manager trusts more implicitly, and you would have an opportunity for the Cardinals to stabilize his pitching staff. Because until the offense gets going, uh, the bullpen is going to have to make one and two run leads hold up. And thus far, without some of these key pieces being healthy or effective, it's been a, a pretty strong challenge for this bullpen to make that happen. Still, with all of those struggles and all those pieces trying to fit in the Cardinals as we sit here today recording this on Tuesday morning, are 28 and 23. They're a game back in the wild card, and they are, uh, they, they, they are I, I believe, what is it, four back of the Brewers? Five back of the Brewers, they are five back of the Brewers as of this morning. So you go to Milwaukee, you look, you have two opportunities tonight and on Wednesday with two of your strongest starters on the mound. Would be a big deal for the Cardinals to uh, to grab a couple of wins because Milwaukee is 35-20. and 20. All of a sudden, uh, the Brewers, who people sort of wrote off considering the way that their, their pitching staff at the start of the year, are looking like a real contender. And it's really important for the Cardinals to not let that get too far out of hand and to do what they can to make sure they stay within shouting distance. And so a couple of wins up in Milwaukee, I think, over the last two games would go a long way toward making that happen. That's going to wrap up today's Locked on St. Louis Cardinals. Make sure you stick around the rest of the week. We'll have a new episode for you on Thursday when I get back from Milwaukee. Uh, like I said, I'll be in Milwaukee on Wednesday to cover the Alex Reyes start, so make sure you check that out. I'm on Twitter at JM Jones, and I'll have columns for you at LockedOnSTLCardinals.com throughout the week. You should also check out my regular co-host, Brendan Schaefer. He's on Twitter at bschafer 12 and writes covering the Cardinals at KMOV.com for Channel 4 KMOV here in St. Louis. This has been Locked on St. Louis Cardinals again. Thank you so much for sticking around with us. I promise we'll be back on the horse on a regular basis here over the next few weeks. Uh, for now, make sure you stay tuned, and we'll see how this pitching staff works out and see what the Cardinals can do to, uh, to find spots for all these young arms that apparently are knocking on that door.